The old lady put her bloody saw down so she could rest. She lit a cigarette and asked which podcast I like best. Well, my favorite podcast is Sometimes Dad is Better. Dad is Better. Sometimes Dad is Better. With Chris and Chris. Hello, and welcome back to Sometimes Dad is Better. And this is Chris. And me, Kristen. And, and you're back, Chris. Yes, I'm back. On your whatever adventure you were on? Yes, uh, I had to, um, well, I had to get very sick is what I had to do. Oh, right. <laughs> so it was a terrible week, but uh, thank you for having your uh, fine husband fill in for me. Mm-hmm. You did an excellent job. I think we had the most listens ever. Really? For the first week. Oh, okay. Um, I think he's already shattered all the records, so oh, this may no. be the last episode. I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> this is our first episode with our awesome new theme song. Uh, my friend, who's also a comic in Atlanta, her name's Gabby Watts. She has her own band called Gabby Rots, which is a really cool band, and she, they have an album up on Spotify. And I've I've not met Gabby nor talked to her, but I wanted to, if she's listening, I want to thank her because she did a, a absolutely fabulous job, and I'm absolutely floored by the song that she came up with came up with just for us. And she's very talented. Her name is Gabby Watts. So if you want to go see her around Atlanta doing comedy, it's Watts W A T T S, but her band is Gabby Rots. R-O-T-T-S. And so our Instagram is G-A-B-B-I-E-R-O-T-T-S. And this theme song is like, I'm not exaggerating. It's in my head all the time. I love it. No, I mean, when I, when I, when you sent me the, uh, the final version of it, or I listened to it like five times a day. Okay, good. I mean, I don't, I don't even care. I absolutely love it. Uh, not to toot our own horn, but it's not our horn. It's someone else's horn. I was absolutely blown away. So again, <laughs> thank you, Gabby. I hope to meet you soon. Well, so we haven't seen each other in a while. Yeah, it's been about a month. It's 2019. That's crazy. Yes. Yeah. So a lot has happened. The future. Yeah. It's the future. Um, So what have uh, you been watching since last time we saw each other? Well, I finally finished Castle Rock. What'd you think? I loved it. Really? So I rewatched it with my mom. You you rewatched the entire thing? I rewatched about five episodes. Okay. And I have a lot of questions. Okay, well, you've watched it twice, and I haven't seen it for three months, but, <laughs> but far away. <laughs> well, I mean, I really loved it. I loved the Skarsgård Bill? Bill Skarsgård. Bill Skarsgård. I think so, yeah. He kind of has a type now, doesn't he? <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is interesting for being like a tall, blonde, Swedish guy that yeah. his type has become the scary guy. And I mean, like, um, you know, Alex Skarsgård, obviously in True Blood. He was just like pure sex. Oh, you call him Alex now? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the dreams I've had about him. Oh, I see. I, see. I think I can call him Alex. Yeah. So he, this guy's a different vibe. <laughs> yes. But but then recently, um, you start having dreams about him. Not no, not Bill. <laughs> <About> Pennywise. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can climb in my sewer anytime. <laughs> but I was. But now you know Alexander is on Big Little Lies. Well, he was on Big Little Lies, and he was menacing right and he was terrifying yeah. so they have range i guess but he was great but i love andre holland too so how many references do you think there were to stephen king i mean i think i missed a lot of them because you know i suppose there's a lot of things in the background or in like a newspaper clippings oh. and you know this and that but really i mean 
it was pretty surface level stuff. I mean, the, the show in particular is not based on any particular Stephen King. Right, which is very interesting. Novel or even short story. I mean, the main I kept expecting the main story to reveal itself to be like, oh, it's like a Dark Tower story or, oh, it's somehow related to it or something. Right. And that, that never happened, which is cool. But um, yeah, the, pretty much the only thing is that it takes place in a town called Castle Rock and some of the characters' names are the characters' names. Well, it's Josh Inc. Uh, prison is there right it has but, a history yeah but it could be any prison really i mean and then like he's made it is mostly like references like remember when that dog went crazy yeah and that sure was scary <laughs> what else oh and then sissy spacek i love that my favorite episode was the one when she's going back and forth in time yeah i think that's sort of universally regarded oh i I'm, i didn't know i'm sorry i'm not saying you're being <laughs> cliched enough I'm just... oh well, i also watched homecoming yes which i loved yeah but also really sissy spacek is in that she was, yeah. Which is like, let another old person have a role. Well, she's sissy. in that uh, show uh, with uh, Kyle Chandler too, Bloodline. Yeah. But it, what was funny is that this is, I think, the first Stephen King thing she's done since uh, Carrie. Oh, that's interesting. I, I I say it's you know surface level, but they do get the vibe right of that you know I guess universe if that's what we want to call it. I mean, it feels like it could be a Stephen King book, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think my favorite reference though would be. The whole Jackie Torrance thing. I just thought that was really, really cool. Right. Okay, and then one more thing that I watched was that show on Netflix, which is on Lifetime, called You. Okay, Have you heard yeah. of that? Uh, you, uh, tweeted about, you tweeted about it. Oh. <laughs> and uh, my friend Melissa watched it, and she said it was really good. I loved it. I know it has uh, one of the guys from Gossip Girl in it. Yeah, Penn Bagley. Penn Bagley, yeah. And his cheekbones, man. That's what I tweeted about. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, he was just, like, ridiculous. Well, I watched the trailer. It looks like a, I mean, it's a, what, a thriller? I mean, it's. Yes. And it's based on books, apparently, like a series of books. Is it, like, young adult books? I think so. Okay, I'm all in. <laughs> yeah. Um, I didn't like the ending, but I know why they had to do it. Penn Bagley is the bad guy. But you have different feelings towards him through the show. And it's like a stalker, right? Yes. But then there's these other people that, um, on the outside, are different than who they actually are and everybody all the characters have good depth i think for a show like that it could have just been a silly lifetime thing but i thought it was really good Penn bagley is really good so wait is it a, a lifetime thing or a netflix thing I thought it, was... it was on lifetime it aired on lifetime oh and now it's just and now on... it's on netflix i see okay yeah i had no idea well I, I have it on my list i'm excited okay all right so what about you let's give what have you been watching well i, I think you'll be excited to hear that i finished or me and melissa finished uh the haunting at hill house okay upon your recommendation um I absolutely loved it. Yeah, I had no problem with ending, and that, I think in our last episode where you talked right. about it, that was sort of um, we talked about that a lot, and because uh, I had read by that point you know, that there was some you know controversy about the ending, or people just generally hated it. Um, I don't really see any issue with it. I don't either. Uh, I guess, I, I guess there was a few. Maybe there's one speech too many. I'm not sure, but as yeah, far as well, like, I think it also wrapped up a little too tidy. I thought it was a bittersweet kind of ending and i think we're just so trained these days to have these open-ended kind of you know what happens in season two type endings that anytime there's anything with remotely approaching closure right. <laughs> people get like people are like what is this <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i thought it was fine it, i didn't think it was sentimental or this was expecting because i think you had said or maybe i just thought that it was whatever the ending was was just wildly out of town with the rest of the show and i think that was the case but you know there's a theory that they're all still stuck in the house that is what i wanted to happen kind of <laughs> The window that is in the red room. Yeah. That particular rectangle window. If you go back and watch it, you notice it every time the character is in that room that has the same window, even though it's a different room, the treehouse or whatever. Right. And so they had a, a thought about that last scene where they're all cutting the cake. 
of having that same window in the background. Wouldn't that have been good? Oh, but they didn't do it. No. Okay. Well, because I guess the, I mean the director said he thought that the family went through enough. Yeah, I, I did re- at least read that part. The director's you know kind of over it. I thought um who so who were your um favorite characters in it? Well, I loved Theo. Yeah, I love Theo. Theo's my favorite. Um, I actually like uh, I haven't heard anyone else mention this, but I really like Henry Thomas in it. Yeah. I thought it was such a great performance. Like yeah. he's so he's just so distracted. I love it. He, you know, he plays right. that character very well, and it's and he wasn't interest- like a perfect dad. No. <laughs> Or he wasn't a terrible dad. He really did show like a dad who's really trying hard with five kids and a haunted house and uh, trying to get this house back together and his wife going crazy. He, I, Yeah, it was Quite very crazy, good. yeah. Yes. Yeah. But but even when his wife is like kind of going crazy, like the scene where he has, she has a, a, a screwdriver to his neck. Right. He, he, even then he's a little bit like, you feel like his mind is still like on other things. <laughs> <laughs> Which I just think that's so interesting because it's like, to me, him, it seems to be all about the house and, you know flipping it and you know you know and keeping certain things away from the kids and right. for that matter the wife and right. it's just an interesting i don't know it's a, it's a fun take on that type of character i guess because i thought usually in most shows he'd be the most boring character or the sort of straight right. man type and i guess in a way he is but i don't know i just haven't read anyone really talking about him i just thought he was awesome yeah i also like the text i got from you that said just said luke hot question mark <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, that was when he was in rehab, okay. and then later when he had like the vision and yeah, he's like so clean he's in the suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mystery solved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see what he's going to be in next. That actor. Yeah, is is that like his first kind of thing? Or I didn't really look him up. I didn't and, look him up either, yeah. but I just know I never seen him in anything before. Yeah. I did find out Theo is apparently married to the director. I told you that. Well, that's how I found out. <laughs> oh. Um, and then the other thing I watched uh, was uh, Bird Box. Oh, okay. Which, I still haven't watched it. Yeah, I mean, everybody's talking about it on Twitter, so there's. That's not why much... I kind of didn't want to watch it. Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's uh, it's as if they so it's basically as if someone went back and remade the happening. <laughs> like, but good. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, that's pretty much my exact take on it. It's like, and also, if you haven't listened to the blank check with Griffin and David episode of the happening, you should. It's fun. Yeah, that, that's a really good one. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. It's it's not great, but it's good. It's not. Um, it's just you know one of those um, kind of what would I do type movies. Oh, okay. And Sandra Bullock is on point in it. Okay. There's And the other great thing about it is because it's just on Netflix and didn't have a lot of advertising and marketing, there's all these actors in it that I had no idea that are in it. So I won't tell you who they are because they'll ruin it. Oh, But it's okay. like big name stars. Like they just pop up, you know? Oh, very exciting then. And uh, yeah, it's good. Okay. Uh, two thumbs up. Or good. one thumb up because you haven't seen it. Right. <laughs> well, you have two thumbs though. Right, right. <laughs> That'd be four thumbs. This guy. <laughs> All right, and so are we going to get into our, our movie? Yeah, so we're talking about a movie this week. <laughs> well, so last week when we had Brian, we didn't do a what are we drinking um, <laughs> because Brian doesn't drink that much. He gets tired, and I needed him to not fall asleep. Uh, so, But we're back because me and you will drink any time. Yeah, it's 1 o'clock. <laughs> yes, <laughs> in the afternoon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so for, should we tell what the movie is first? Yes, well, uh, they probably figured it out by the title of the episode. Oh, right. But um, which we haven't named yet, so we'll have to oh, talk about yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fun. I have a name for it. Okay. Um, so this, I think, this is more my idea for the, this. Is you know, there's certain movies that we all kind of agree on, and there's just, there's all one of movie. Us? Yeah, me and Kristen. <laughs> and there's one movie that I pretty much just pushed through. Yeah. And this is mine. So this week we're talking about uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yay! Which is one of my favorite. Um, not even horror movies, just movies. Period. At least from that kind of that time. So. In honor of Bram Stoker's Dracula, mm-hmm. which was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, 
we are drinking the Diamond Collection. Oh gosh, Francis Ford, or I guess Francis Coppola. Sorry, the either the Merlot Blue Label or the Ivory Label Cabernet. Yeah, well, let's try them both. Well, which one do you want to try? Let's do the. Let's taste the Merlot first. Okay, we're gonna taste the Merlot, the Blue Label, as they call it. And these aren't exactly wine glasses, but they um, looked fancy and like something that Dracula well, might have. Yeah, they look like the glasses they're drinking the absinthe out of. Yeah, so. we couldn't find any absinthe at Kroger. Right. So <laughs> cheers. Okay, this is the Merlot. It's good. Okay, yeah, that's delicious. Okay, good. So we'll try the Cabernet later. Yeah. So this is a very decadent, very red wine type movie. Obviously, it's a vampire movie. Oh, yeah, red... we also have a spread. Yeah, we have a, a nice... Uh... We'll put a picture of it on Instagram of our fancy spread. Yeah, do you want to talk about what's on the spread? Oh, uh, some stuff I found at Kroger. Gouda cheese and blue cheese and pepper salami. I'm pretty sure it's the exact meal that Keanu Reeves eats yeah. upon arrival at uh, Tr- Castle Dracula, as Which I call it. did make me hungry. I was wondering <laughs> what he was eating. It looked like it was a little bit of a roast. Yes. Think... <laughs> it looked delicious. <laughs> so we come to this movie from two completely different... Uh, Spaces, I guess. Yes. I saw this when I was about 13, I suppose. Uh, it came out in 1992, and I waited about a year to see it. I was very excited. I couldn't see it in the theater because it was rated R, and my parents would you know, would not take me to this. Um, I did hear about it for like a whole year, though, and I was very excited. Uh, my cousin had seen it. She told me – she actually told me it was boring, but I just, I, but by the, by the way she described it, I could tell I like it. <laughs> <laughs> And I'd seen the trailer like, you know, a hundred times. I even saw in the movie theater before some movie. Oh, wow. Uh, it was just, you know, right in my alley. I used to study the, the pictures in the magazines of Gary Oldman. And it was called Dracula, and I love vampires. Mm-hmm. So when I finally saw it, which I imagine was, uh, you know, I think I just rented it. It, you know, absolutely freaked me out. Because mostly because I'd never seen a movie like that. It was kind of like an art film for a thir- 12 or 13-year-old. Yeah. Um, but also, I was wholly unprepared for the crazy amount of sex in it yeah boobs yeah not but it, i mean well, it's not just boobs it's like very sexual yeah very sexual very it mixed in with violence mm-hmm. and like uh, i mean everything be, is sexy in that yeah. even petting the wolf right right all of that i did not know how to process that. right <laughs> <laughs> and i remember feeling very just uncomfortable the entire movie but also you know i mean i enjoyed it you know because there's still the horror aspect of it right but I remember one scene in particular, like, uh, for some reason, there's a scene where Dracula, you know, finally attacks and uh, is about to kill Lucy. And for a reason that I still don't really understand, they intersplice with um, just close-up of red blood cells. Right. Do you remember that? Like, yeah. under a microscope? And I just had to pause it at that point because I just, for some reason, I just upset me so badly. Really? <laughs> the red blood cells. I just couldn't even deal with it. I don't know how. I completely missed this movie. It's never been on my radar ever. I had no idea what it was. I knew that there was this movie. I knew that Gary Oldman was in it. That's all I knew. I didn't know what Ona Ryder was in it. I didn't know Keanu Reeves was in it. Oh. I don't know how I ever missed this. <laughs> so I mean, it, I think it was a. I meant to look this up earlier, but I think it was a hit. I mean, it's you know, mm-hmm. it's a kind of a. A lot of people don't like it. It isn't, but I mean, I think it's kind of a modern. Well, no, I was classic. reading about it too, and apparently it also like helped. I guess Francis Ford Coppola's producing company or something was on the brink oh, of right, yeah. I think and this movie helped it, yeah. helped it to and for some reason I always kind of assumed that Gary Oldman won an Oscar for this oh no <laughs> I, know. I don't know why I assumed that I guess I just thought I was thinking about it like it was like this 
great performance that he won an Oscar for. He wasn't even nominated. <laughs> no, but I love that alternate timeline where <laughs> Keanu Reeves best supporting. Yes. <laughs> oh, I don't know why. Again, I just, um, I guess in the back of my mind, I knew it was Francis Ford Coppola. Right. But I never, never really thought about what that meant. Because, you know, after The Godfather... I mean, there wasn't really anything as big as that that he ever did again. So this is kind of the last. I was thinking about this is kind of the last ambitious type movie right. that Coppola did. As far as, I mean, he, he did some movies after this, but like you know, a Grisham movie and like didn't he do like that the Rainmaker, Rob- or, like the Robin Williams movie. Remember? Yeah, yeah, he did some bullshit. I don't know, but like this is the last sort of big kind of Coppola right. directorial type effort. So yeah. it was very interesting, just like turning this on and being like, "Winona Ryder is in this." Right. Yeah. Well, I was all over it. I bought it on VHS. I watched it all goddamn time. And then uh, I remember when uh, in college, when I used to hang out with Marcellus, we would mm-hmm. watch it like every <laughs> every night when we, in my ballad. I could see that. Um, I could see him being into that. That's definitely Marcellus movie. Yeah, and that's probably why I got it back into it because he just be like, "Hey, you want to watch Shrek?" <laughs> <laughs> well, so uh, had you read? Did you try to read the book? After I, that? I read it. Uh, uh, in my twenties. Okay. Yeah, I, I, you know, certainly it was a long time having seen the movie before I read the book. Put that way. And so, what did you think about? I love the book, but it's. Um, I was surprised. I always thought the thing that made it Bram Stoker's Dracula. I did Bram Stoker's in air quotes. I thought that was the love story. I thought that oh. was the differentiator. And that's the thing that's not in it. right? Yeah, that's not in it. At all. I mean, not not to that level. Anyway. Right. Uh, there's no none of the that reincarnation uh, aspect of it. It's not in there. The Vlad the Impaler thing is not in there. Everything else is more or less. Right. You know, I mean, on a plot level, it's pretty close. You know, starting out with the old man and, you know, becoming young and the, right. all the basic outline of the movie is from the book. And the book is fantastic, don't get me wrong. Um, but I, I was just shocked to hear, oh, I thought the whole point of it was that, you know, the love story. But that's completely for the movie. Right. And so what I was reading that this was the first, well, the closest representation of the book. Yeah, I think that, that, I, that had been made. I think that's true. Yeah, I think if you watch uh, the original black and white Nosferatu, there's actually a lot in that that's pretty close to the book. Hmm. I was reading about that too, and apparently there was a lawsuit back then against um, that movie, and they had to pull it for a little while because the heirs of Do you want Nosferatu or Bram Stoker's Dracula. No, Nosferatu. Oh, okay. The Bram Stoker's. I guess his family. Or I guess he could have still been alive, right? He could have, yeah. He, um, apparently they sued because that movie was too close to Dracula. Oh, yeah, because it's not called Dracula, is it? Yeah. yeah. I think I read somewhere also that the first film ever is some sort of production of Dracula. That can't be true, but... <laughs> Sounds good. It does sound good. I mean, not the big Dracula movie, but some short film or something. Yeah. Right. The very first? Supposedly. like you know. Wasn't that a train? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Dracula was on a train. Okay. <laughs> But so we'll say that, that the original novel was um, came out in 1897. Oh, and that's when the movie takes place. Yes. Yeah. And I, I noticed that, too. A lot of the dates lined up. And so it's obviously not the first description of a vampire. No. But it is. I mean, he made up this character, Count Dracula, which is pretty amazing because I mean, how prevalent that character still is today. Yeah, is Count very Chocolate. Amazing. <laughs> exactly. Um, the Count from Sesame Street. Yeah, and I also like you know because it's sort of the original take on all this that they the, the, in the movie they kind of have license just to do whatever they want with it. Like there's that great scene where um, Anthony Hopkins bursts in narration for no re- about halfway through the movie and says, "Oh, by the way, vampires can walk in daylight." 
which which I know they just did, just like they have that scene of Gary Oldman walking around, you know, daytime London. Right. But could, yes, yes. That could easily have been, they, they could have done that at night. I mean, there's no right. reason for that film, be, that scene to be set during the daytime. Right. But I just know that they thought, you know, he looks so cool and we have this great set and we need to shoot this in daylight. And right. they're like, well, he's a vampire. And they're like, get Anthony Hopkins over here. Right. <laughs> So I, I love that because it's like they, we just, talk- they just gave him a little piece of paper to say this. Right. Yeah. It's like we were talking about last week, you know, how you know, the cool thing about monsters is that right. these people can make up their own rules. Like someone made up a vampire. Well, and so is that why they called it the title of the movie is Bram Stoker's Dracula? Did they have to do that because for licensing reasons or did they want to? I think they wanted to, to show. Yeah. Okay. But there's also like 18 different stories about that. Suppose, mm-hmm. Supposedly the real reason is because there was some sort of strange licensing thing that uh that they want they didn't want to get sued by whoever owned the rights to the the black and white dracula like the really famous one right which i think is like universal you know like the universal monsters right i think they have some sort of there's some sort of right issue there but if you ask francis Ford coppola he says no i just wanted to like you know make sure people knew this is bram stoker's take on it oh okay although it's really not oh, yeah so what, what do you think about that um the monsters how they're trying to bring them back well, didn't it already fail? <laughs> is it already like? Tanked? I think I think that's over. Yeah. Okay. Good. We just kind of. I never. Well, I don't know. I never saw the mummy. No, they were like. Okay. So yes, they started with the mummy. I mean, it was gonna have Johnny Depp and. I know Angelina Jolie. It, yeah. I mean, let's get some new blood in there, right? Let's make Sissy Spacek in there too. Let's throw her in there. <laughs> but anyway, Leave yeah. Sissy alone. <laughs> and then so so like you had said, the one thing that's not really there's two things that aren't really based on the book, and one of them is um, the beginning that he actually is. Vlad the Impaler. Francis Ford Coppola took it for sure. Saying this yeah. is it was yeah. the exact same. There's scenes too. where people were impaled on spikes. Yes, <laughs> and he says his name is Prince Vlad. <laughs> yes, and he um, and it's the same year. It's like I think it started at 1462, oh, which is, is okay, yeah, which is an actual battle yeah. that happened during. And he the looks Ottoman. like him. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. so he said yes. There's a, there was so much information about the actual, you know, Vlad the Third and the Ottoman War and. That was, I mean, that was so much information. That's really interesting. You mean this is stuff you've read about since watching the movie? Yes. Okay. <laughs> like, I, I just need a, uh, so if someone can tell me what a good comprehensive book is about that this times in, in Romania and the Turkish wars or whatever, all that would be really interesting. I'd love mm-hmm. a good book about that. Yeah. Well, so I thought what we could do, before we talk about the plot <laughs> as it is, um, let's talk about who's who's in this thing okay. because I think you commented earlier that you didn't know that all these actors from this movie. No, I knew it was Gary Oldman. So this is a star. This is a star-driven movie yeah. for the time, right? I mean, this it, it'd be like if this was made today, it'd be like Ocean's Eleven. This is my comparison. Yeah. Except you know with Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I guess we'll just go through order. So Gary Oldman. Okay. He's all up in this. He plays Count Dracula. Yes. Old and, version. And he does the. The full Transylvania accent. Right. When I first, I wasn't sure at first if he was going to go full Transylvania accent, no, and then he, he shows up. It. Hello, I am Dracula, and I was like, but okay, he, we're going there. Yeah, but he kind of has his own take on it. I mean, he it's, does. It, it's yeah. a, it's Especially a, when he's the younger version, it's kind of a more yes. melancholy sort of. You know, it's I'll, not quite as yeah, not quite as dramatic. Yes. <laughs> um, but I, uh, I mean, I love him in this. I mean, this is an iconic, obviously performance also the look it's almost mostly the look you know like uh i think uh this has been parried so many times that you you can't even really i think the simpsons did it you know and mm-hmm. uh, especially the old man version of it um uh, there's a there's i just realized there's a liam neeson movie uh 
like a Naked Gun type movie. Really? Called Dracula Dead and Loving It. Oh, yeah. You, <laughs> you said Liam Neeson. I'm sorry. Uh, what's his name? Leslie Nielsen? Yes. <laughs> I was thinking about, like, is there a Taken? <laughs> Liam Neeson. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, slapstick star. Uh... Yes. So, yeah, I think Gary kills it. Um, supposedly, I was reading earlier today, he was... He was drunk the entire movie. Right, I read that too. Um, this is back when he had his his drinking problems. Yeah. Um, so supposedly did not get along with a writer. Right. Um, I think I, I have a dim memory of watching some sort of behind the scenes where he's just arguing with uh, the director and looking fairly unprofessional. What are you doing over there? Yeah. Oh, I see. <laughs> um, and he also looks kind of generally sweaty a lot. So mm-hmm. I think that's probably not makeup. It just... <laughs> Just booze pouring through his makeup. Yeah, they're trying to put the makeup on. I'm like, can you please? Yeah. <laughs> also, you know, Gary Oldman now is a very serious sort of, you know, prestige kind of actor. I mean, I guess he's always been, but this is a certain type of role he doesn't really do anymore. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. this is kind of the same, probably the same reason he did this is like why he did like say that guy in The Professional. <laughs> right. Or that crazy guy in The Fifth Element, you know. You well, know. and so for some reason I thought that he had passed away. I don't know why. Uh, like last year at the Oscars being like, oh, Thank goodness. No, he's fine. He's okay. <laughs> yeah. He's been in the Batman movies. And... Oh, I know he's in the Batman movies. I right. thought he had passed away after that. <laughs> no, and I think he's, you know, several decades clean and sober and... Good. Um, you just got married? I just imagine him as Commissioner Gordon, basically. Right. Like, that straight-laced. Yes. But that's probably just because he was that good in that role, and he probably is still just as crazy as he's always been. But anyway, yeah, so he is uh, great. Uh, the character is uh, interesting. <laughs> well, he's got a lot to do. I mean, he's playing... Yeah. A few different characters. He really is. Plus all the monsters he plays. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's him in the werewolf suit and the oh, bat. Okay. Uh, so yeah, he's a vampire. He's a young guy. He's an old guy. He's a werewolf. He's a bat. He's a bunch of mice. Right. <laughs> he, probably, he probably didn't do that. <laughs> he's a green mist. Right. I wonder how he chooses. Like, I wonder how... I know. I was wondering that too. Like, why at home is did he, is he an old guy? Why wouldn't you always be hot, young Gary Oldman? Well, I think he probably had to like... You know, the old guy's his natural state, and he has okay. to almost like actively work to be the young guy. Okay. Um, which is why he's feeding so much in London. You know, I think if he had his druthers, he'd probably look like that. Okay. But I do like this idea about him, like, you know, having several options, like, and he's like, mice. <laughs> and, he, <laughs> yes. and he becomes mice. <laughs> yes. Or, uh, you know, green mist. And, I mean. The original smoke monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, smoke monster never tried to get up in someone's. No, no, no. Nethers, though. Yeah. Maybe he should have. There's your Irish brogue again. <laughs> okay, so Gary Ullman, um kills it, obviously. Count Dracula. So next on my list... Oscar is, nominated. Oscar nominated. Winner. Um, yeah. So next we have um, Winona Ryder. Yeah, so I'll let you, since I launched into Gary Ullman, you can talk about Winona. Well, Winona Ryder was also... I think I talked one episode about Kim Basinger, who kind of ruined things for me, thinking I had to look like her. And then when Winona Ryder came around... I was like, oh, great. So now I have to, I wanted to look like Winona Ryder. I wanted to be super tiny, like that pale skin, the dark hair, the big princess eyes. But I always loved her. Um, oh, see, I never thought about her like this sort of super unattainable. Like I get the Kim Basinger thing, right. or, like saying Nicole Kim or something. But I think that was more my thing. Oh, okay. I thought she was the coolest. I thought she was so cool in Beetlejuice and so cool in the Heather. Oh, I agree with that totally, yeah. And that's who I wanted to be. Um, she dated all those rock stars. Yeah, she got to do movies with Johnny Depp, and and so in this, she's like the epitome of that. She's got this tiny little waist, this perfect porcelain skin, those yeah. big eyes, those red lips, and but I, I really didn't know she was in it. And she does, I mean, her 
British accent is one of the better ones, okay. comparatively. <laughs> I was not sure what you're going to say. Um, I, I mean, think it's, it's fine. Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's not bad. I don't think about it. Put it that way. Like when she's speaking, it doesn't really. You can tell she's not trying too hard. I think that's right, what you have right. to do with an accent. It's right. just kind of relax. Yeah. Um, and also, the part of also is I've seen this movie so many times that I can't really imagine anybody else playing that character. Okay. Or talking the other way. Like, I don't even know what accent that is. I just, that's oh, this one on the writer and Dracula, you know? Right. So I'm a little bit, it's hard for me to really talk about it. But I mean, I did think she was great. Okay, good. But was Winona Ryder in her younger days, was she considered a great actress? Or was she always just kind of like cute, never really taken too seriously? I think she was always considered like a good actress. I think she was always kind of an it girl, kind of always on a bubble of like. But there was never really anything that like, maybe like, she never really had that like Jennifer Lawrence, Brie Larson sort of movie that yeah. really. Once I mean, she, she, there's that Age of Innocence movie she was in. Was oh, I didn't see that. Scorsese. I think she was supposed, I haven't seen either, I recorded it. I think it's supposed to be really good though. Um, and then she was in Girl Interrupted. Yeah, but that was later. I mean. And then the, and that was really an Angelina Jolie movie. Yeah. And now she's sort of seen as a sort of elder statesman type, you know, right. mentor to the Natalie Portmans of the world, who also now is also kind of getting that age. That age? Yeah. Well, you know, like sort of elder, yeah, basically kinda. anybody above 30 is like suddenly, you know, ancient Hollywood. Uh, but yeah, I think I think she's uh, really good in the, in the movie. Uh, iconic, again, you know, she is that character. Uh, and part of it is just the look, you know, the, the costume design of this movie is, you know, insane. Now that won an Oscar. Oh, it did? Yes. Okay, good. Well, it should have. I mean, just for any one outfit, even like Jonathan Harker's outfits, <laughs> they're so good. And yeah. like, she always looks fabulous. That, you know, that blue, what do you call that with the um, the waistcoat and the giant thing behind her? I don't know what you call it. Well. But I do still wish those were in fashion. Yeah. Then I mean, you wouldn't have to worry about your butt. Now you have to wear yoga pants. Yeah. To show everything. She has a cool little pillbox hat type thing. Uh, I'm thinking about this scene like in the, in the cinema where they go to. Mm-hmm. Watching dirty movies. Yeah, I, I, I wondered about that. Is that what they showed? Just just porn? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think part of that is just Coppola being weird. But Right. Anyway, yeah, so I, I love Winona Ryder. So uh, next we have uh, Anthony Hopkins. Okay. So, and again, I think maybe in the back of my head I knew he was in this. And so he's Van Helsing. Yes. I think probably Van Helsing is one of the coolest characters. I mean, he hunts vampires. Yeah. And this, I mean, he's an older guy. Yeah, I mean, and, and he, that's the original take. I mean, Van Helsing wasn't always a vampire hunter. He's right. a professor that ends up hunting Dracula. So, you know, later he becomes like this, you know, you know like a Hugh Jackman type. But that's not really the character. Right. This is, I think, one of his first movies after The Silence of the Lambs, where he became, like, super famous and okay. you know, won the Oscar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was the very next year. Right. So this is kind of the next thing, or one of the next things people, you know, <laughs> saw from him. And boy, he, uh, <laughs> what? does okay. he go for it? <laughs> and so are these his choices that he's I, making? I think 100%. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, get, I don't know. I guess. I mean, I don't know how you write some of this stuff down. But, but So what is the psychology behind this guy? Why is he so eccentric? Why does he like picking people up and spinning them around? <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, he's a crazy old coot. Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know. As, you know, I, part of it is like, you know, everybody in this movie... And one of the things I like about it is everybody in this movie is apparently just obsessed with sex, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Everybody's very horny. So it's kind of this making fun of, I think, this whole Victorian attitude of, like, supposedly everybody's very repressed. Think, like, Downton Abbey type or um, Age of Innocence, I guess, you know, uh, where no one says anything remotely out of turn, but all your emotions will bottle up and no one ever has sex ever. 
Oh gosh, they want to so bad. Yeah, and that's the thing. They're all about the buff. First scene when Owen Ryder and Lucy are looking at the comic seizures, <laughs> or I guess it's Arabian Nights, and right. talking about how they're you know could you do that? Yes, I could. And yeah, how I dreamed about last night. Uh-huh. And, uh And so I think that kind of carries over to Anthony Hopkins too. He's like this old horn dog slash just eccentric weirdo, and I think that's kind of it. I mean, in this world, I think that's just I think that's just the choice he made because otherwise he probably thought it'd be kind of boring. Right. <laughs> um, I certainly don't have any other take on a character because it's, it's definitely unusual <laughs> right um so is it a good performance i mean i think you know where i land <laughs> which we where i land on every single performance in this movie but. i know and so i feel bad saying i just didn't i just thought it felt so out of place like it just didn't i mean i guess what you already have like all these you already have gary oldman all over the place um you have keanu reeves who's always kind of god bless him. <laughs> there and then you have of course i mean we'll get to it but you have the three suitors who are all these different personalities too. So it just seems like with him, it just seems a bit too much for me. Yeah. If he could have just played it straight and done a really good job, been like a grizzled, he's got the scars, you know, obviously yeah. he's been fighting vampires or whatever. I think it would have worked, but mm. I mean, I don't know what that movie would be. <laughs> <laughs> Again, this is a, this is like me reimagining someone else playing like, I don't know, Luke Skywalker or something. Okay. I've seen this movie so many times that I can't imagine either way. It was perfect. Yeah, absolutely perfect. Yes. Um, no, don't don't feel like you have to disagree or agree. Um, so Anthony Hopkins um, should have won all the Oscars in the world for that. Okay, so uh, we're done with Anthony Hopkins. So next mm-hmm. we have um, the three suitors, uh-huh. who are um, Lord Arthur Homewood, played by Carrie Elwes, right? Slash Wesley, right? We have Quincy the Texan, played by Billy Campbell, who was the Rocketeer. Yes, he who was? Yeah, absolutely knew that. The <laughs> the Hottest guy ever. Really? In the Rocketeer. The hottest guy that's in the Rocketeer or the hottest guy ever because he was in the Rocketeer? Yes. Okay. That movie and him and Jennifer Connelly in that oh, movie. I forgot she was in that. That's like the hottest people ever. I loved that movie. But anyway, yes. So Billy Campbell is the Texan, right? Right. Quincy. Okay. And, uh, and then so the third suitor is uh, Dr. Seward, who is played by... Robert Grant? Robert something Grant, yeah. Right. I'm not really familiar with the actor other than Dracula. Um, so I thought, you know, we would play a little game, uh, you know, which, Ooh, which, game. which, which suitor would you have cho- chosen? Oh, which one would I fuck? Because, <laughs> well, <laughs> because I mean, seriously, Lucy was just like, which one do you want to fuck? Come on. <laughs> she was talking about dicks and sizes of daggers and yeah, stuff. Yeah. I love her. All Lucy's right. a good character. I mean, obviously. I guess did she make the right choice is another way of asking the question. Uh, can we just knock out the... The doctor that runs an insane asylum. Right. That's who's a morphine addict. Right. Yeah. Who's running his own podcast. Yeah. Do you notice that? Yeah. I mean, this is the 90s. I mean, I know it is the 90s. <laughs> he's oh, not right, in it. Right. He's not He's not in it. So, so, so basically we're talking about uh, going to see the Texan with a big knife or uh, Wesley from The Princess Bride with a giant mustache. I mean, Carrie Elwes. I couldn't get over that accent. I just don't like a country accent. Unless it's like a nice... Texan drawl like Matthew McConaughey, right. but he was yeah. just going full that country. Yeah. He didn't realize the difference between a like yeah, a, she's hotter than a June bug. On a, <laughs> right. He didn't seem to understand the difference between like being like from yeah. a gay man from Savannah to being <laughs> just like a a Texan cowboy. Right. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I, I guess that game's over. We both we all agree. <laughs> <laughs> we all agree she made the right choice. I think Quincy's hot though. Um, he is. I mean, he has mustache. Yeah. Carrie Elwes has a great line. You know, I'd watch that Colonial Tongue if I were you, which. I just think that's funny. Okay. Yeah. And he's Wesley. 
He is Wesley. Uh, you kind of feel bad for him because he just wants to get married. <laughs> That's all he wants. <laughs> and then she's, you know, spurting blood all over him. I guess that was Anthony Hopkins. Okay, so we got the three suitors down. Um, they're best friends. I, I do like that, you know, they compete, but then they kind of just decide to be friends and yeah. apparently ride around on horses together. Right. <laughs> it's quite a motley crew. Yeah, even the doctor who's depressed all the time and just clearly high on morphine, right. they seem to, like, let him come along. <laughs> yeah, I like when Lucy is um, sick. Well, she's really just being hysterical, I guess, but and she just he just, like, here, try this, and just gives her morphine. It's like the that's morphine what, addict is just... That's what they did back then, though. Yeah, I guess. Morphine or cocaine. Yeah. Okay, so next, uh, I don't have a lot to say about this actress because I don't really know about her very much, but Sadie Frost plays Lucy. Right. Um, I think she's good. You know? Yeah. I like the character. Um, I guess we'll talk about more, more her. We'll talk about her more when we talk about the plot. But um, but good job, Sadie Frost. She's certainly pretty. She is. She um, She's like that... Uh, I mean, the ultimate Talk about pale. 90s or 80s and 90s pretty. Like, that's... Yeah. She looks like Melissa Oftenmara from Hull. <laughs> oh. the bass player from Hull. She's very pretty. Yeah, she's very pretty. Yeah, she did a good job. I mean, she had a lot of uh, writhing to do. Yeah. Her boobs kept popping out. <laughs> yeah, every... Yeah, I mean... <laughs> she had very nice boobs. <laughs> I, I did kind of feel bad for the actress because, you know, it's like, can you, um... Can we just move, can we move your slip real quick? It's <laughs> right. like, I'm napping. No, we need to, uh... <laughs> It'll, it'll look great and so well, yeah i was just was looking her up and she just kind of seemed to be in just a bunch of other dracula movies <laughs> yeah it's only dracula <laughs> but it's just a lot of other like b movie type stuff but yeah i just like you know the idea again that you know she's supposedly this victorian sort of princess type but she's kind of just a teenager that just yeah. wants to you know, yeah, get she's laid just horny. yeah so then we have a uh, tom waits as uh, mr renfield uh, uh, yeah that was great yeah steampunk Yes. All the way. Yeah, steampunk. Uh, uh, not much to really say about that. I mean, he's crazy and he yeah. does a good job at it. Uh, I felt bad for him. He just wanted... That's a, kind of a thing in vampire movies, too, is you always have that character who wants to become a vampire. And the vampire knows that. And so he kind of exploits that yeah. and gets him to do his bidding because he'll tell them, I'll give you eternal life at some point. He may not plan on actually doing it. But so that was his... And it kind of was driving him mad, I guess. And also, I guess he was stuck in the castle the same as Keanu Reeves is that what it was yeah you know I never really thought because but and he obviously let him go for some reason I right. guess you know it's not really explained but I guess the idea is he already kind of knew about Mina and so he let Renfield go to get right. Parker I'm not really sure but I think that's the idea I also kind of want like a prequel that's just about his life as a lawyer <laughs> <laughs> yes like was he where he's at least a little bit crazy and like you know eating bugs and... right <laughs> He's clients. always just like in his basement inventing things. Right. But like, I also loved in the asylum how the guards had to wear those like boxes. Yes, yes. How creepy is that? I know. It's I mean, like, I know they obviously they seems to be so they won't get their face bitten and scratched. Well, but... it seems to be because Francis Ford Coppola's like this is not creepy enough. Right. <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a ridiculously aesthetic choice. It's kind of just like why I like this movie so much. It's nothing really makes sense. It's all aesthetics and costume and you that's know, true. It's that's just, true. You know, it's just it's the that's one of the reasons like I'm less interested in talking about the plot because like nothing that happens in the movie really matters. Right. <laughs> it's not really about anything that happens. It's about, you know, oh look at that guy with a box on his head. Right. <laughs> That's it's, you're just in every scene. Look at that lady getting fucked by a werewolf. Right, right, right. And the music swells and yeah. you know, it just uh oh and uh we could talk about the music. The music is That's awesome. great. Um, yeah. Uh it's a Polish composer. His last name is Killer. So no it's called cool. like K I L A R. Oh. So I'm sure it's like Kalar. Right. Um, I looked him up. This is like the only 
He does like a lot of Polish movies. I don't, I don't know how he got this movie, <laughs> but it does an amazing job. So then there's another actor, um, Keanu Reeves. Oh, that's a funny name. Yeah. He plays a... <laughs> Uh, he must be British because he plays a British character. Right. He's very, he must be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he plays uh, Jonathan Harker, who is either, depending on which line in the movie, a law clerk or a solicitor. <laughs> there are two different jobs. Um, I, 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 my take on it is that he's a law clerk that is about to become a lawyer. But that doesn't make any sense because he can't be doing legal work if he's not a lawyer yet. Oh. So, Were the laws different back then? That's true. But Maybe he's more lenient. I, I don't think he'd just go to Transylvania and write these contracts if he's just a law clerk. Right. This is what I thought about. <laughs> I think he's, then I guess he's a young lawyer, but they call him a law clerk, which is like not a lawyer. Right. So, so I don't know. I don't know. He's, it's fine. But they also call him Renfield's successor. Renfield's a lawyer. He must be a lawyer. But why is he poor? Is it just because he's a first year Is he lawyer? poor? They keep saying he has no money. Oh. Which is why he doesn't want to marry Mina. Oh, right. Because she's, yeah. right. Of course, Mina is a school teacher, so I don't know what she's complaining about. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Keanu, um, here's another performance I would call, uh, it's certainly iconic. Um, I mean, it, it's a thing that happens in the movie. <laughs> it's a, it is a thing that happens. Um, so what is your take on it? I mean, it's just Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Trying, just going in and out of a British accent. <laughs> I did. I, with yeah. a pretty face. At some point, yeah. his hair turns gray. Yeah. And so I was looking, I, so I was trying to place where this was. And so he had done. Well, uh, he, he's certainly done Bill and Ted, right? Yeah, he'd done okay. Bill and Ted. And I guess he was in Point Break oh, in 91. Yes. yes, okay, yeah. But most importantly, he was in that Paul Abdul video, Rush Rush. Oh, I forgot about that? that, yeah. But so I guess they, but he hadn't even done Speed yet. Mm. So it's it's very interesting that he like took this role, got this role. They let him keep filming this <laughs> and then he he only became bigger <laughs> you know before because there was a while before i had seen the movie uh-huh. you know, and i remember but i would read everything about it and i remember reading like an interview with Count of reeves where the interviewer just said yeah so you're like really bad in that movie and i and i remember thinking oh <laughs> and he actually goes yeah I, I you know he said something about he didn't give a performance or some yeah act. he said he was worn out from other yeah but i mean come on but i mean Ted Theodore Logan. <laughs> right. But, I mean, 30 years later, I mean, would you have any in the way, honestly? Like, I, I just, I don't know. I love it so much. I, I think he looks great in it. Well, it's uh, also very odd. Did you ever see the movie Much Do About Nothing, the Shakespeare? No, no. I love that movie. And, uh, you know, it's obviously Kenneth Branagh, who is amazing. I mean, one of my other favorite movies is whenever he plays Hamlet. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. Like and, a three-hour one or whatever. Yes. And then Emma Thompson, who is just spectacular and um then he shows up trying to do a british accent he's he's supposed to be a i forget what they call him but he's he's a, like a scoundrel type guy and it's just he just sticks out it's like why yeah I think- and i mean i read that they said i mean francis ford coppola wanted a young face a big star but i think be- i think actually i think the studio more so pushed him into it i think francis would have francis apparently wanted like johnny depp or something and the studio said they wanted a bigger heartthrob. I mean, the Johnny Depp at that time, which right. is kind of crazy. <laughs> but I guess Johnny Depp was kind of, you know, weird, you know. He's, you know. And you know, we won't talk about that. But, you know, I, I mean, I love it. I think it's, you know, it's, is it a good performance? Absolutely not. <laughs> but I don't think it's as bad as people say. And, like, yeah, he can't do an accent. But also, for, weirdly enough, all that kind of works for the character. Like, he is always out of place. He just, you know, he, it's just Keanu Reeves. I don't know. It's like Keanu Reeves. 
slash Jonathan Harker. And it just all kind of works for me somehow. Okay. I will never disagree that's a bad performance. I He does have a good look. Yeah. And, you know, he is convincingly frightened, which is kind of all he needs to be. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> He's turned on when he... Probably because Francis Ford Cobb is yelling at him all the time. Like, you should, you know, why are you talking like that? <laughs> uh, uh, so Gary Oldman's doing whatever. I mean, yeah, I'd be freaked out, too. Um, and then the end, you know, when he's kind of got his gray wig on, he's con- he has convincing, like convincingly sort of haunted, kind of jaded look. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'm not really selling you on this one. I love it. Uh, I love Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Okay. I saw Speed the movie theater. I saw it. I watched it at my 13th birthday party. So you don't have to sell me on Keanu Reeves. Yeah. He should have won an Oscar. Is all I'm saying. Gary Oldman, best actor. <laughs> Keanu Reeves, best supporting actor. He just beat out Anthony Hopkins right, like right. by that much. Right. <laughs> Sadie Frost, best supporting actress. Yes. Okay, so that's all. That's the main characters. Yeah, I think that's pretty much. I mean, it's really not that, that big of a cast. Did you know that Anthony Hopkins played the priest at the beginning? Yes. I did not know that until recently. Oh, I noticed that right away. Um, Gary Oldman plays the stagecoach driver. Oh. Yeah. Because the idea is Dracula doesn't really have any servants. It's all Dracula. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Drives himself around and feeds himself. Yeah, he's no one. He's a he, vampire. Like, <laughs> he kills everybody. Wait, wait. So he's like, "Oh, I'm hungry," and then he like uh, transforms into like a cook. <laughs> no, just just when he has. <laughs> then he makes the dinner and then transforms and he talks to. He's Nova. like ready to it, yeah. And he, <laughs> no, I just and, when and he has then he's g- like, mm, "This is delicious," and then he like, it's just like character play the whole time well he's probably very bored i mean he's like that's 40 true. years old that's true no i mean like his wives he, are locked up when he has guests you know it's just him but he wants to pretend oh, you know so he's like oh i'll fun. send my carriage but he's like a goddamn monster so uh, anyway that's fun. i think it's funny that gary Ullman actually dressed up in that suit and he's like y'all play that role and they're like we well, yeah, can have a stand-in he's like drunk and yeah. <laughs> uh, uh this movie gets five stars so um <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about, I guess, generally, I'm sure we're already like an hour, an hour and a half or so, but uh, let's talk generally about the plot. So uh, we are talking earlier about how organized this, and I think we agreed that the, there's not so much as a plot to this movie as large sequences that mm-hmm. sort of unfurl. Uh, I mean, yeah, there's a plot, but it's pretty simplistic, really. You know, the vampire goes to London, wants to find this reincarnated mistress. I guess it's not that simple, I don't know, but <laughs> there's a lot of lawyerly jargon. Um, but, I mean... But also, everyone kind of knows the plot, too. So we have this, um, let's just start with the opening. I think this is a great, 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 great opening prologue. Great, 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 great. Four greats. Really? That doesn't mean you agree? Or? No, go ahead. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, it basically introduces you to everything this movie's going to do, as far as, like, stylistically, uh, the music. Mm-hmm. That's almost like a, simp- uh, like, uh, what do you call it like that, like an overture? Mm-hmm. Like, all the main themes are in the prologue to it. Oh, yeah. Um, you see stylistically what he's doing, like with the weird kind of, all the, you know, the trick camera work, mm-hmm. um, this weird in-camera special effects, as they call it. There's no real visual effects in the movie. I mean, right. they're, they're, they are, but not like what we think of them now, like right. no CGI or whatever. It's all, Which uh, is interesting to think of, like, placing this in 92. There must have been a lot of great stuff that was available. Yeah, and they offered it to him and he fired all those people. Oh. Yeah, I read that today. Yeah. Interesting. He didn't want to do it. He wanted to do it as if they were shooting it in 1930 or something. Right. You know, because uh, that was kind of his take on it. It's like, yeah, we want the, this is, you know, you know this is, the movie is about movies in a way. 
So he throws every old school movie technique that's in the books into the movie. Um, so and all that is in the opening. So um, we have, you know, Prince Flawed fighting the invaders, I guess. Right. Um, he throws them on spikes. It's really gross. Yep. Uh, and then you have. But it's nice that it's all shot in silhouette, so yeah, it's not yeah. too. Yeah, but you have the like the noise. It, it definitely upset me when I was thirteen. I'll tell you that. Oh, I'm sure. Um, you have um, Princess Elisabetta, mm-hmm. which I don't think they call her princess, but no, they do. Yeah, they, they do. Yeah. yeah. She uh, throws herself off the balcony because she thinks he's dead. Yeah, a little Romeo and Juliet thing yeah. going on there. Yeah, it's, it's very well done. It's very pretty. Has a great score going along, and then. He comes back from the wars and finds her dead. And the priest tells her, and this always upset me as a kid, because I believe this 100%, is that if you kill yourself, you automatically go to hell. I grow up knowing that, thinking that too, being told that. Yeah. For some reason, it registered more when in Bram Stoker's Dracula okay. <laughs> versus in church, church. every week. <laughs> it's like, oh shit, Anthony Hopkins is... <laughs> um, that just upset me. Cause like, well, you know, it's already done. And like, what, he has to just, you know, live with that? Right. Um, so I completely was, I was on board with him going off on the priest and throwing his sword into the cross. Um, Blood everywhere, yeah. very Kubricky. Yeah, yeah. I think that's probably the idea. Um, I thought it was, yeah, I just absolutely love that scene with the music soaring and like, you know, this idea that he wasn't bitten by anything. He, oh, just his. Yeah, he yeah. chose to become like the monster. Or right. maybe you know exactly what would happen, but. Right. He definitely seems like he feels like he's cursed himself. Yeah, he rejected God, yeah. and so that's how it became. That is a scary. Like they yeah. should teach that. Just teach that. Just show that in church. Yeah. So when when I was a thirteen Southern thirteen old Southern Baptist, I mean that's the one of the reasons why this movie got in my, under my skin so much. Like I would sit there and think about that. Right. Like as if I'd ever be in a situation <laughs> where my betrothed would throw herself on a cliff and I have to choose whether to like throw a sword into a cross or not. Right. But I mean, I took it very seriously. So. Anyway, that's how it become. That's how it becomes Dracula, which is a pretty cool take on it. That's not in the book at all. That just, I mean, I think that's a pretty original idea. Yeah. Um, do you have any thoughts on the prologue? Or? I'm all about some some Shakespearean tragedy, so I was ready. I liked that it it felt modern. I mean, with the blood gushing. Yeah. From the sides and the the cross bleeding, it didn't feel like it was gonna be a boring sort of telling of an old story. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I already was like, okay, this is going to be cool. Yeah, you kind of know, like, oh, this is like a director doing something. Right. In whatever this movie, wherever this movie goes, we at least know, like, it's going to be kind of interesting. Yeah. And, like, the blood going towards Winona Ryder, you know. Yeah. Um, very cool. Yeah, Kubrickian, yeah. Yeah, very shining, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he probably had that on his mind. Yeah, and so then we moved to London, and it's, um, like, what, 400 years later? Yeah, it's 400 years later. So we are introduced to Mina mm-hmm. slash Winner Ryder mm-hmm. and her friend Lucy and, fun. and Keanu Reeves, <laughs> London law clerk's lister. Oh, for some reason, yeah. just Mina there. just yeah. loves. Yeah, he's carrying a surfboard around, yep. <laughs> slightly out of place. Yep. Um, Looking for a bus to drive. So he's uh, dispatched to uh, Transylvania to, and this is her next big sequence, uh, and he's dispatched to Transylvania to sort of take care of the affairs of Dracula who it's never really made clear, but has some sort of plan to move to London just to be close to Amina. I guess it's kind of, that's the plan, right? He somehow knows about her. Right. And he, that's buying up properties. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more clear in the book, but I'd be God if I remember what it is, but that's the idea. He somehow knows about her. And so that's actually, so the opening scenes with Keanu and old Dracula, I think are 
really good, but they're kind of my least favorite part of the movie. I kind of just want them to go to London. Oh, I guess if you haven't seen it yet. So me seeing it for the first time, I liked the creepy castle. Okay. And I wanted to see that. And I liked the, um, I guess they took that from the old Nosferatu movie with his shadows. You know, his his shadow. I loved that. Yeah. I thought that was all great. It was. I think a lot of that is also pretty close to what happens in the the famous like Bela Lugosi version. I think that's all, you know, even like I don't drink wine. That's Bela Lugosi says that. Right. Or, you know, the the wolves, what sweet music they make. Oh, you know, okay. That, and I have a take on that, too, which is not to do with anything. I don't want to derail everything. Do you know the, the singer, Jonathan Colton? No. He sings funny songs. Okay. And he has a song called Skull Crusher Mountain. And so for our listeners, you guys should look him up. He's one of my favorites. And so he has a song, and it's called Skull Crusher Mountain. And it's, a, and it's about a crazy guy who kidnaps a woman and brings her to his castle. And uh, the whole song is about that. And he has one part where he sings about um, his wolves. Hear them howling, my hungry children. Um, <laughs> talking about how the girl can't escape. And so that's what I was thinking about whenever he was talking about his wolves to Keanu Reeves. He was Because Keanu Reeves was like, you think that's beautiful music? <laughs> and he was like, it is beautiful music, my wolves. And so that's what I was thinking about, and it cracked me up. That's, that's pretty much the exact line reading, too. Yeah. <laughs> but that was so creepy when... He was crawling around outside on the... Yes, yeah. It's very... Yeah. It has some really good creepy imagery. Yeah. The part where... I loved um, his big red kimono type thing. Yeah. His, yeah. His, his whole look and his long robes and... Yeah, I read the production designer or whatever you call it is uh, apparently either Japanese or it took a, mm. had a Japanese style, so... Why did he have hairy palms? Because he's like 400 years old. Oh, is that what happens? <laughs> yes. And your fingernails grow. And But you just grow like hair pores on your palm well i mean i have no you're right <laughs> if you have hair on your palm what if i did this and look just like jack <laughs> <laughs> this is over <laughs> over so, so anyway um so yeah so i think we agree that sequence is great uh it's sort of a uh, climaxes so to speak with the three brides right um which that seems i mean keanu seems to really love uh mina but he's like I mean, come on, though. Like, he's there all by himself. He's 400 miles away or whatever it is. It's probably like 30 miles away. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know what happens in Europe. Um, and then these three girls come out and start fucking yeah. all over him. He, doesn't, can't, he can't tell that one's, like, attached to the other. <laughs> Did you know one of them is uh, Monica Bellucci? Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. I think this is, like, one of the first ever things. So She's yeah. so gorgeous. Yeah, she is. But, um. Yeah, so this scene when I was, I'll tell you when I was 13, I had a lot of feelings about this scene. Well, yeah, I mean, I didn't realize there was going to be just like, oh, there's boobs. Yeah. Those perfect, like, 90s boobs. Just. There's a lot of sex. And then, you know, then it ends with him bringing in the baby and, you know, so yeah. another baby. Another baby. Yeah. So we're going to change the name of this podcast. <laughs> right. It's going to be called the Baby Murder Podcast. Right. Our ratings will soar. Uh, <laughs> um, that's a, it's a scary scene, but. um. But it's so cool, and uh, you know, it just ends with. Uh, I think that's a great way to end that whole sequence to say, you know, yeah, Kano's screwed. Right. He, uh, and you know, there's a lot. He's gonna have a lot of guilt, and so even if he does leave, you know, what's he gonna tell Mina? That's all kind of cool. Um, and that, yeah, I like that he was just their blood bank. They just kind of kept him there and were taking it, sucking his blood out, and he was so, they kept him weak. That was all very interesting. Yeah. And you kind of wonder what they were doing before. I guess kidnapping babies. <laughs> yeah. But Keanu escapes, so that's a great scene. Yes, he jumps off 
Yeah. And this weird, uh, the way the camera's done, it looks like he's jumping up from the water, but he's jumping into the water. Right. Maybe that's just me. I don't know. Well, and then he, and then there just happens to be a church across the street. I don't think, <laughs> I don't think it's across the street. I think that's, he's supposedly have crawled like miles oh, and okay. miles. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and it's in the middle of woods too. It's not like, it's not like on the corner of a <laughs> subdivision or something. Oh, and they're like, I bet they get the HOA over there <laughs> to his castle all the time. Right. So, How's your HOA? You didn't get any violations or anything? No, and I ripped up all those other bushes too. Good. So I'm completely, you know, I'm like naked. I have no, all the shrubbery is not what it used to be, put it that way. Now, are you being sexual? I didn't mean to be. But. Okay. <laughs> Everything seems sexual now after watching Dracula. Right. I can't do anything without feeling like it's. It's a dirty, dirty movie. It is. Um, so Keanu escapes, and then, uh, I mean, I guess we'll talk about what happens when we get to the Mina story. But, um, but yeah, he's pretty damaged. He didn't have a really good time. No. <laughs> um, so because Keanu is nice and chained up in, in, Count, in Dracula Castle, I don't know if they call it that. Right. <laughs> uh, Dracula takes you know, the opportunity to, to move to London. See, that's where I got confused. I think I was texting you because I didn't realize he was all these. I thought that maybe he... Had a bunch of friends, <laughs> like, like the Wolfman. Well, I thought the Wolfman was a separate character. Oh, okay. Now that's him, yeah. Uh, so he becomes the Wolfman, and that's not going to be a good case when he like tries to marry Mina, and he's like, oh, he has a secret that, oh, by the way, I'm the one that raped and killed your friend. Yeah. I mean, they talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a good way to start a relationship. No, no. Uh, which is why he pretends it didn't happen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so he, you know, he travels to London, uh, he kills, like, I guess everybody on that ship. Right. <laughs> and the ship probably, like, crashes in the docks. It's kind of like the end of the Lost World. And then he jumps out as the wolf, which is a really cool scene. And then I guess he already knows where Mina lives or where Lucy lives. I guess they're all... Does Mina live there? I don't really understand. Yes. Okay. She's staying with her. Oh, okay. So he, um, he goes to, you know, their house and uh, immediately sort of starts feeding off of, you know, Lucy to, mm-hmm. to maintain his kind of young uh, visage. Um, but then there's this great, or there's a scene that you text me about, which is the, uh, which I think your text was actually, so there's a werewolf fucking a girl. <laughs> and I think my response was, yes, I don't know. But. Well, cause it cuts from this to them running around in the rain to a scene of Mina and Lucy kissing yeah. to a wolf escaping a zoo. Which yeah. I didn't know they had wolves and zoos. Maybe back then they did. Um, that would be weird, wouldn't it? And so it just got, it, and then all of this is like uh, narrated by Anthony Hopkins. So it just like. There's a lot going on. Yeah, there's a lot going on. We have to talk about the scene where you, I mean, let's just say the word rape, <laughs> rapes, <laughs> rapes Lucy <laughs> as a werewolf. But and, it's extra creepy because he looks like a man in a werewolf suit. Yeah. Which doesn't look cheesy. It looks creepy. Like he grabs her and like pulls her yeah, yeah. like a man, but it's a werewolf. Yeah. So it was very creepy. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the idea is, I mean, anytime a vampire bites you, that's kind of the idea. You're kind of being raped. I mean, let's, so there, I, I mean, think, he, she was like under some sort of spell. Yeah. And what's that, what's different than roofing somebody? Right, right. I mean, he is raping, and that's, I think that's as, as problematic as killing these people. I think Lucy, or I think Winona Ryder would be like, you raped and killed my best friend, not right. just you killed her. Um, and you made her come back to life and want to eat a baby. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's all there. I think that's kind of Coppola saying, this is what the myth is. Just deal with it. If you like vampires, this is kind of, we have to deal with, and that's your fault. Right. (laughs) So, uh, it's not all just sparkly vampires who fall in love. Right. Yeah. But I do love the scene of her, like sort of 
trampsing through the cemetery that they have in the backyard, you know, with a red dress flowing and looked like a very modern outfit. Yeah, it did, didn't it? And especially with a sort of night undies, you know. Yeah, the, I mean, yeah. it looked like it would be in a music video yeah. from the nineties. Yeah, that was a very music video. So, so um, that was that was cool. Yeah. Um, so then we have Anthony Hopkins saying, "Oh yeah, vampires can walk around daylight," right. and then he, you know, bursts out of the coffin and he's young Gary Oldman that we see for the first time. Well, except for the prologue, but he even looks younger because he has a thin mustache. Right. And he doesn't look like you know a Transylvania warlord or whatever. <laughs> And then, yeah, that outfit completely shocked me. The I was cool, totally in love. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah, that's an. That's and then he's just going and walking around like no big deal. I was going to ask you. I guess we do it now. What is? What do you think is the best outfit in the movie? I mean, Gary Oldman's. You think so? What else is there? That would well, be there's fun? there's um, Lucy's bridal outfit. Oh, that's that she's cool. buried in. Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty cool. Um, no, you're right though. It's definitely. Gary well, it's Oldman. just because it's, it's just so out of place, but yeah. yet still so cool. So that's one. That's kind of my favorite parts of the movie is him sort of seducing Mina, mm-hmm. and then the the great scene in the what they call the cinema tech or the right. cinematographer. Or, I think they kept saying, "Where's the cinema tech?" Yeah. Yeah, and there's also kind of uh, weird footage of what looks like the beginning of the movie, like interspersed, like they show puppets, oh, right. impaling people. So they're kind of like hinting, like here's how we kind of did that scene, right? <laughs> um, and then he. Uh, is already trying to hypnotize Mina. And there's a sense that he's going to just kind of do what he did to her, to Lucy, but he can't do it because he loves her too much. Right. So he just decides is, to take her on dates instead. I don't really like that. That one thing about vampires is that they can hypnotize you and get you to do what you want to do. It just, they, that seems to make things too easy. Yeah. But he doesn't do it to Mina. I know, but it's just like in true blood, but it just seems like that's too, too powerful. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Well, I guess he does say, you know, see me now, which is, I mean, as far as, <laughs> that's a pretty good way he gets one to notice. Yeah. <laughs> but I did like the scene when he got stood up and he was very sad. And he was like literally, uh, we're not using the word literal, when he was actually like boo-hooing. Like it cut to him going, yeah, that'd be boo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> I liked it. He was very sad. Yeah. I feel so bad for him. And they have that nice date where he. But he's a bad guy. Only when he's a vampire. I mean, he rejected God and God cursed him and he has to be the creature God cursed him to be. Mm-hmm. But he's trying not to be. He's trying to like, you know. Is he? I think so. Okay. In a roundabout way. Like he. He, he kid- seems to love raping and killing yes. people. And he kidnapped three women and made them <laughs> live with him. Right. I mean, he could have done that right when he was cursed. I don't know. He's had 400 years. You're, I mean, yeah, he's a terrible. He's a monster. Yeah. But he's, you know, he's able to love. So he courts Mina, you know, on several dates. And she, uh, at first, is like, you know, who's this strange prince? And he's, you know, pretty quickly like, oh, you're a rich <laughs> prince that, you know. Well, and then, I mean, she also, she feels whatever that, she feels that connection. And yes. she can feel her past life. So that's a pretty big pull for dating a guy. Like, if you were to go on a date with somebody and you have this really strong feeling that you knew them in a different yeah, life. I've you never loved had them, that. You loved them so much you killed yourself. I mean. Yeah. Nah, you don't, you don't get that on Tinder. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I need, I need Dracula Tinder. Yes. Um, oh my gosh, we gotta start that. We'll make a million dollars. Right. Bram Stoker's Dracula Tinder, not yes. just Dracula Tinder. Yes. So then, yeah. So we get into the love story. Um, I, I find it pretty believable. I mean, it's you know, well, I think when Nona Ryder put it this way, does a good job of following you know for this strange rich guy that's kind of courting her. Yeah. Um, you know, and yeah, I, she, she looks so young. She, she was, I looked it up and she was 21 
but she still looks like she's like 16 yeah she does she does yeah well i mean i guess when i think of 16 i, I just i so clearly have the beetlejuice character in my head right that anything older than that i think oh it's like an adult one she still she looks so young just she does look very young and innocent which is what she's supposed to be i guess yeah um but yeah so she sells it and so anyway yeah but she breaks your heart because fucking keanu has to break out and like come and she he says come to romania and marry me well, the it? nuns say that oh they do yeah the nuns say come and marry him yeah i mean i, I they probably have their they probably know what's going on <laughs> there's, right. a, there's a vampire right over there <laughs> they were like oh no not this again <laughs> it was like every six weeks um so yeah so he, she doesn't date him or she does she send a letter oh she sends a letter saying uh yeah i'm getting married sorry right um and he's you know broken heart and he's like wins wins and the winds come in and right. <laughs> uh, and then he's so mad that he decides to actually kill lucy you know out of vengeance i, I think that's that uh so you have that great scene of you know him uh drinking her blood as a wolf mm-hmm. and then it's like intercut but with, he was a, like a wolf yeah he's wolf. an actual wolf yeah like, okay he's so a he, dog yeah. so i mean he can be a man wolf yeah he can be a wolf, wolf. he can be a lot of things yeah. he can be a scary bat man he can be a, just a regular bat that's Probably a, be a friendly bet. It's a pretty powerful uh, character, I guess. Yeah. When you think about it, he can be he can be smoke. Yeah. As Anthony Hopkins explains to us. Yeah, he should have just transformed into Keanu Reeves. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Killed Keanu Reeves yeah. and just become him. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he can't quite do that. I don't know, but I guess because even when he's a bad, he kind of looks like Gary Oldman. <laughs> um, so anyway, he kills Lucy, and at the same time, you have that great scene where it's Aaron cut with. One on a rider and Count Reeves getting married. And did you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. This, I they just like yeah, mentioned it. Well, listeners, if you didn't know, I'll let you tell it. I'm so disappointed. I was gonna surprise you. I'm so you. sorry. Well, apparently, uh, Francis Ford Coppola used a real Romanian priest who actually performed a real Romanian ceremony, and so apparently, Count Reeves and Winona Ryder could technically be married in real life. Yeah. Yeah. And Winona Ryder just told Count this recently, right? Because they didn't move it together, right? Uh, and he was like, what? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> what do we get? What do we do to deserve Keanu Reeves? He's great. Uh, we don't. We don't really deserve him at all. And he's so nice, too. He, you know, right. You know, you've seen the subway video. Yeah. I mean, come on. Um, so what's our next big sequence? Oh, so we have the Lucy scene. Right. You mean when they go down into and yeah. actually find her? And yeah, well, yeah. They're, she... they're all kind of following Anthony Hopkins. Just like, this guy's crazy. What are we doing? But they all follow him. No, he's a professor. <laughs> and then so he opens up the coffin and she's gone and they're like what and i do like it at this point they've all kind of become buddies yeah they're all in this little group and then i do like also there's not a, i mean there's a little bit there's not a whole lot of that can't be true or like there's no such thing as vampires right they're just kind of like well there may not be but we'll just we'll go down there anyway and just see what happens right it, it helps move things along yeah but then, as soon as um, Lucy starts coming down the stairs, then they realize, okay, yeah, she's, she's got a she's got a little girl, yeah, and her mouth is covered in blood. Right. <laughs> she looks, she looks amazing. Yeah, yeah, that uh, that you know, that's actually I think the first scene I remember seeing because they showed it on the Today Show of all things. Really, remember how they used to do like upcoming movies and yes. they'd have like they would just show scenes from movies. They showed that. I remember being like 12 and watching my mom be like, oh my God, I need to see that right now. <laughs> yeah. So that's probably why, probably that one scene, because it was so awesome. Well, yeah, and then they don't hold back. They Once they realize that she's back from the dead, they're like, okay, let's stab her and cut off her head. That's what we got to do. Yeah, the scene where she, um, 
there's the two great beats in that scene though is when the cross bursts into flames mm-hmm. thought that was so cool because he's like fuck you yes because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't really ever work in the movie like it always melts or right. something happens i mean they kind of just hiss at it and then like oh we don't care <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then when she vomits up blood on him, which yeah. is also just like a, you know, she knows she's about to die, right. I guess, <laughs> but she's just kind of like, fuck you. Yeah. Um, so I just, I just love that scene. And it's, you know, I don't know. It's less scary than it. It's just kind of cool. Right. <laughs> um, so that's uh, kind of the last, I think, big set piece until they go to Transylvania. Am yeah. I right? The last 20 minutes of the movie, which I call the everybody goes back to Transylvania section. Right. Oh, you had a good name for one of the other sections, too. Oh, right. Dracula Goes to London. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they should have had title cards, you know, between these scenes. Um, but I guess in this, you know, the last 20 minutes, there's not a whole lot to talk about as far as, I mean, yeah, I mean a they, lot they, happens. They, but... I mean, they the little Motley crew comes up with a whole plan. Yeah. And it's kind of like, whatever, can we get to Transylvania? Yeah, various ships right. beat horses. <laughs> right. And uh, Mina, the, the one interesting thing is that Keanu Reeves gets grayer and grayer, and that's cool. And uh, Winona Ryder gets more and more evil. Right. You know, she's giving, you know, she's serving up some series like Anakin. Because she gets bit. Oh, <laughs> yeah. but that scene, like, I mean, I, we talked about a kind of, because he turns into the bat and he turns into the rats, but he seduces her and she. Oh, oh my, I'm sorry. We, we, we forgot to tell the sex scene. Yeah. 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 It's very hot. Yeah. And very creepy. Yeah. I mean, it is a sex scene, basically, yes. even though there's no, I mean, I guess there's penetration, you know, so to speak, but. I mean, it's not a conventional sex scene. Right. But yeah, so he sneaks into her room in the asylum. <laughs> right. While they're trying they're to... They're like, you'll be safe here. Yeah. This won't give you uh, nightmares. Well, they figure out where his boxes are, you know. And so he sneaks in his green mist and then, I don't know, goes down on her. <laughs> right. And then she kind of goes down on him when she... I mean, it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 I all... I had no idea. It's all kind of there. Um, It's very... Yeah, it's very erotic. It's very scary, kind of, you know... I mean, not scary, just disturbing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a, is that when he says I've crossed oceans of time to find you or is that earlier? I don't remember. I don't know, but I've I always love that line. And apparently that's the line that Gary Oldman, he read the script and just thought it was funny. <laughs> and he just thought, I just want to say that line. Huh. So I, that's why he signed on to it. She realizes he's Dracula. Cause it says, Oh, by the way, I'm, I'm the creature your friends hunt over there. Right. And uh, she starts pounding on his chest and, you know, says you killed Lucy. And he's like, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I did. And, uh, and then she, you know, they kind of just make out. Yeah. Um, but there's, the, but you know, there's that great scene where he starts drinking her blood, and stops and says, "No, I can't. I can't do this to you because you'll be like me, you know, Edward." Right. <laughs> and uh, and but then she says, "You know, take me away from all this death." Right. Um, and I suggest that'll be the title of her episode. Okay. Um, although in a way, it's I mean. It's just Lucy they killed. There's not a ton of people. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, you don't really see her parents. Maybe she lost them. Yeah. Maybe she has a tragic backstory. Yeah, it's slightly out of character for her, but I just love that line, you know. Right. And it's more about she just, for whatever reason, is latched on this character and doesn't care about anything is done. It's like when in Pet Cemetery, when uh, Rachel finds Gage and she's like, yeah, I know you're evil. I don't care. Right. It's just saying, you know, yeah. It's a weird analogy. So I'm gonna go down on you and drink your blood. <laughs> right. And that's the way they shot it. They had her like. No, I'm. It's not veiled at all. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> the, so yeah, that's the the kind of the, the major scene in the movie. The, you know, at least the heart of the love story. And then uh, I think the scariest part in the movie is when, and it's not really a scary scary movie, right? Necessarily, I, I'd argue it's more disturbing. 
than scary. I, I will argue it's 100 percent a horror movie though. But the scariest movie is when the vampire, when Dracula comes down as a bat and he's upside down, right, and it's right into their faces, right, and he shrieks. Yes, <laughs> that scares me every time, even yeah. though I always know it's coming. I thought it was still scary. Yeah, even though it was, I you know, however many years later. Yeah, it's it's so wonderful, and then um. Then he turns into rats because that's even scarier somehow and then scurries off. Right. I think that's just so it's easier to escape. Although it's kind of, you know, wonder like, which one's Dracula? Could you like, could you hit one rat and he'd be fine? Or do you have to kill they all? all disappear like a video game? I don't know. So anyway, that's that scene. Um, one of the writers covered in blood. Yeah. It's, they break in at the right time. Yeah. Effectively, Count Reeves has caught her having sex with him. Yeah. If you think about it. Yeah, but she's also covered in blood. And- but that's. She's kind of the act. I mean, like, that's what he does. He They drink blood. So it's kind of like, I don't know. They have Mina kind of uh, quarantined to kind of keep her, not necessarily safe, safe from herself, but I guess from other people yeah. because she's turning. Yeah, she's tainted. Right. And then uh, they all they all get there, and then there's the, it's not really a very climatic fight. No, and that's actually a symptom of the book. The book's even less climatic. They just get there and they stab. Oh. <laughs> and it turns to dust. But back then, if you think about it, that was huge. Like, yeah. Because like what you stab the vampire and they die, right? Um, and obviously, and obviously, you didn't need giant climaxes. So I mean, I kind of like that. It's more of an emotional climax, you know. But um, but yeah, but and also, I like the idea of one of the writer almost becoming just full tilt evil, right? Um, that's a really cool scene where she turns on Anthony Hopkins, and then the you know, the three brides come out and kill the horses, and only the only casualty is Quincy, who's the Texan. Yeah. Everybody else makes that okay. Yeah. Um, but then, so she. But it's also again a symptom of the time that book was written. Like it, it's not a that type of horror right, movie. Right. You know? Like we're it's not a slasher movie. But so Winona Ryder ends up in the castle with Dracula, mm-hmm. and she ends up killing him. Very Can sad. We say that. But so is she still going to turn? No, I think once she kills him, uh, because that mark over her head disappears. Okay. Because yeah, so, okay, that's uh, what I wasn't sure about. Yeah, I think she's cured. Once he dies, as the master, it's like in the Lost Boys. Once the master vampire dies, all the other vampires. Because like, if if she was still turning, that's kind of bad to like kill the only other vampire, you know? Yeah. Oh but, yeah, yeah. Well, that'd be weird if it killed herself. Yeah, that's interesting. I I just always wonder what happens. Okay, she's killed him. She's kind of back to normal, and then she goes out, and Kana's like, no. <laughs> 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 or are they like, you know, you know, just. Better than ever because they've gone through this together. I wonder why he didn't have an ending like that. I don't know. Well, because, because, you know, the ending has to be, you know, the her and Dracula in the in the mural. Right. And so anything else is, I guess, superfluous. Right. Um, so Keanu can never be that. So, I mean, why bother? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Quincy dies. It's kind of sad. All those poor gypsies die. <laughs> right. <laughs> I guess that'd be really, really, that's kind, of, that's kind of offensive in a way. I mean, aren't the gypsies like a oppressed class of people? They are. Okay. We won't. But they shouldn't be helping out Dracula. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's that's the end. Um, Dracula dies. There's no real ambiguity about it coming back or anything. Right. Um, I think it's kind of sad. He just wanted to be one of the writer. But if he also is so miserable, why doesn't he let Van Helsing just kill him? He's just too much of a narcissist. Well, because he wants people with one other writer. Okay. He'd write, I don't think he's so miserable he wants to die. But what about 200 years before that? Why didn't he want to die? I think he was waiting around for one other writer. He had to wait 400 you're, years. You're not romantic enough. I know. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's um, 
That's right, Claude. If you have any uh, negative comments about it, do not send it to me because it will just hurt my feelings. <laughs> um, I love that movie a lot. Um, at the same time, I recognize a lot of its flaws, but you know, I don't care. What do you? What are you? What are your final thoughts on it? I really enjoyed it. And again, I think the main thing I liked about it was that it didn't. It looked like a '90s movie, but not in a bad way. It looked very modern, and I liked his directing, and I liked sort of the effects that they had and it didn't i don't know how that movie got made <laughs> <laughs> well francis for coppola i guess uh, so. i made godfather so yeah yeah i'm gonna make this yeah i mean i i can just i just, at the same time i mean i guess there were some uh concessions because like for instance Keanu reeves is in it so right. i guess it could be even weirder with you know johnny depp that would have been a very interesting movie with johnny depp in it yeah. i mean that that that, that age that's right cry baby ever scissor hands age right um that is interesting that they wouldn't say, okay, obviously, Winona Ryder has chemistry with Johnny Depp. Let's let's cast him. Yeah, and also I'm glad they did it, Keanu Reeves it, yeah. because I don't want to watch Johnny Depp anymore. Yeah, this also could be that the IMDb trivia is not always right about <laughs> who you think. Yeah, <laughs> um, but um, if you, uh, I do recommend watching the um, behind the scenes DVD thing on the DVD because it's really interesting. They show all the actors rehearsing. Oh, okay. There's this one cool scene where the, it's just um, Francis Ford Coppola telling Keanu Reeves and like Anthony Hopkins to make noises. I can't do it. Like but, what noises? You know, like, like I can't do it because my Why? throat. Because my, my throat is still like, oh, I can't do high pitch noises. But like they would just do these noises instead of talking. And, the, and with the. That sounds like some like drama. Oh, it was some bullshit. bullshit. It was some okay. bullshit. <laughs> but it's just funny watching like, you know, Keanu Reeves doing it. And then like, and they're also into it. And none of that translates to the movie because it's all like, you know. You almost feel bad for him. It's like, don't you know what movie you're making? It's going to be, you know, it's so heightened and it's just not about that. But it's funny right. that Francis Ford Coppola apparently just convinced the actors that it was going to be like that type of movie. Right. <laughs> Where none of that matters. I have a true crime for you. Is it about Vlad the Impaler? No. Okay. Well, disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Up, I'm but, kidding. I'm kidding. It's no, but like I was saying, there is so much to that story. Right, right. I figured it wasn't going to be. <laughs> but there's also like um, scarily like a lot of murderers and a lot of people who have wanted to uh, drink other people's blood or somehow got the nickname of a vampire. So it was hard to choose. But so I chose one. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, first let's let's try our cab. Okay. So we've we've done the Francis Ford Coppola Merlot. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was delicious. Yeah, that was great. Um, I, th- I didn't think I liked Marlowe's, but... No, it's good. So now we're going to do the Ivory Label Cabernet Sauvignon, <laughs> which is from 2015. So it is cross oceans of time to be drunk with us. Yes. <laughs> and I think the guy at the at Kroger was uh, sad that we didn't buy the wine he wanted us to get. Right. Speaking of oceans of time, <laughs> that guy. Yeah, for real. He was old, is all I'm saying. All right. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. It's very good. It is good. Bravo. Yeah. Good Coppola. job. Uh, yeah. Apparently, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. It wouldn't be weird if that's like a different Francis Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no Ford there. I'm assuming it's him. We're assuming. Yeah. yeah okay. Okay. So, a Bram Stoker's novel came out in 1897 and this story begins in germany in 1879 
And that was when um, Frederick Heinrich Carl Fritz Fritz <laughs> Harmon was born. Harmon was the uh, youngest of six kids. He had a pretty hard childhood, as you can imagine, growing up in the turn of the century in Germany. It's all over your feet. It's all on my feet. It's oh gosh, it's close. <laughs> okay. You were remarkably unconcerned about your like you're standing in water right now. <laughs> well, I've had a bottle of Merlot. Okay, so um, you listening? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was about Harmon, right? So he was a quiet and effeminate child who was very close to his mother. So you can imagine how that went over with his father right. in that time. But he also didn't seem to let himself be a victim. Um, he would threaten to send his abusive father to jail because he apparently had dirt on him about allegedly killing a train conductor, <laughs> which is some heavy dirt to have on your the dad. dad. The dad killed a train conductor? Yeah. yeah. And apparently Fritz knew. Yeah. And he would, every time he'd like raise a hand to him, he'd be like, ah, ah, ah. Remember that information I have on you? <laughs> yeah, that's that's bad. <laughs> but apparently this went through their whole relationship um, of Fritz trying to get him to go to jail and him trying to get Fritz committed to a psychiatric institution. They took each other to court um, and it was a whole terrible thing. But he also, he had some older brothers who I think were kind of abusive to him, possibly sexually abusive. But then to his his other sisters, he was the youngest, and he would tie his sisters up. He would um, like go outside and tap on the windows and scare them and make them think that there was a monster roaming the house. I mean, he definitely took charge of things. He was bullied, but he was a bully. So at one point, they sent him to military school because he wasn't doing well. But he got kicked out of there. And in 1896, he was arrested for molesting young boys. And he got put in an institution. And he was supposed to stay there for the rest of his life. But he escaped seven months later with the help of his mother. And he somehow got the, back. Wait, the help of his mother. Do you, know, do you have more details on that? They didn't really say it. But, but she hid him. Okay. You know, she She, she was, like dig a tunnel or something. <laughs> I don't think so. It was like an out of sight type thing. <laughs> like Ving Rang shot up. Right. To go get him. But so somehow he got back to Hanover. He started his life over there. He tried to join the military for a while, but he again got kicked out because of what they described as anxiety neurosis, which I apparently today it seems like he had epilepsy. Oh. So he would have seizures and pass out for a long periods of time, which if, with serial killers, a lot of it has to do with the brain, obviously. And so I'm sure if he had some damage from that, plus not that we're trying to condone the actions that he does later, but... Part of the appeal, like Brian and I were talking about this last time, why do you like true crime? He kept asking me, you know, I don't get it. A part of the appeal, I think, is the psychology behind it. Like what causes these people to do these terrible things? And so part of it was a bad childhood. He had epilepsy. He had seizures. Uh, they didn't know how to manage it back then. He got put in an institution. He was possibly sexually abused, so he started sexually abusing. And again, doesn't make what he does right. No, but that's, yeah, that's yeah. kind of what happens. Right. And then so from from then he is in and out of jail for burglary over other minor offenses. He's kind of becomes like a con man. And this um, is all in Germany, right? Yeah. Okay. In 1918, he they let him out of jail because it's uh, 
uh, World War One, and they just like we can't. This is too hard. We can't deal with all you. Just go. So he lets. So he gets released because of World War One, and he um, comes back into this Germany that's like like desperate. They're hungry. They're trying to rebuild themselves after the war, and he's like, "I'm gonna take advantage of this." So he becomes a police informant on one end. But on the other end, he's still committing burglaries. He's doing, um, he's sexually abusing boys that are brought in to the station. So he's like playing both sides and like taking it to, to his advantage. He's not a good guy. But then also in 1918, young men start disappearing from Hanover. He starts hanging out at a train station to find his victims. So he's pretty much just like a full-fledged serial killer at this oh, point. Oh, yeah. Okay. Or we're going to get into it. Okay. Um, so he hangs out and he finds runaways, male prostitutes, commuters, and he lures them to his house and then bad things happen. Did you watch The Alienist yet? No, I haven't. Okay. You need to watch that. I found the book for like 25 cents. Uh, uh, a, people love the book. Yeah. Well, I'm very excited. I got the book. Yeah. And so I want to read that, but it's similar. It reminds me of that. So obviously he tricked the young men to come back to his hideouts where he would rape and murder them. But how this ties into Dracula, this is... Um... Yeah, because so far... <laughs> so far I'm not seeing it. I know. So far there's like no cool outfits. Yeah. There's no werewolves. I mean, there's some rape. <laughs> there's a little bit of rape. Yeah. But his... his um... A motive operandi. Why did you say that like Italian? <laughs> <laughs> I even held my hand out. <laughs> <You sure did. laughs> Was to uh, bite them in the neck. <laughs> and he would bite, which is a strange place to bite, but he would bite the Adam's apple oh. trachea area. And he would bite it hard enough that he would almost sever the neck. You looking at me like, stop. No, I mean, that's terrifying. Wait. That is what how he he called it his love bite. Jesus. Okay. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Sorry. Not loving this story. <laughs> <laughs> this is why I saved this one for you and not Brian. <laughs> Brian's was very wasn't it very light and just like people were hiding in the walls. Yeah. And they found them. Yeah, those stories were cute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is what I this is what I want to talk about. <laughs> then he dismembered them and threw them in the river. You know, as you do. Uh, there's also rumors that he cannibalized them. He also had a record of um, selling, like, contraband meat, which I didn't know was a thing. So he would he would sell this diced-up meat. So it's rumored it could have been people. He, he was just very busy, I guess. Very busy. That was never confirmed, but it's fun. Did you say what his name was? Fritz. Oh, right, right, yeah, Fritz. And he would take the men's possessions, whatever they had, and he would either sell them on the black market or he would use them for the next victim to give them as gifts. Well, that's kind of nice. And lure them. Yeah. No, it's not nice, oh, Chris. Okay. I mean, it's not nice to re-gift. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> but so then in 1924, two kids discovered a skull of a young man. And then from there, it seems like uh, people just found bones every day. Uh, all over Hanover. Over 500 <laughs> bones were found. How is he getting away with this? I mean, like... what? <laughs> I guess well, he's not, but... <laughs> well, he got away with it for a while. Right. But then the bones start showing up. But I guess, again, these are these are kids who are either runaways. Yeah, yeah. You know how... The, like John Wayne Gacy type. Or... No, Dahmer, right. 
Yes, or or especially back then, male prostitutes, which is very interesting in the alienist when you watch it, and we'll talk about it when you I finally watch it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so maybe a lot of people aren't missed, which is what is also just so evil about these people, is that they prey on the people who need help, who don't have anybody. And then, so they kind of think, um, uh, maybe it has something to do with this creepy guy who's always hanging out at the police station. And so they start watching him, and they put police detectives on him. And um, one day they see him at the train station arguing with this 15-year-old boy. And after Herman leaves, they arrest the boy on um, just like some bunked up charges, but they need to get him into the station. So they, they're like, hey, what's going on with this guy you were with? And he, sa- he tells them, well, I've been living with him. He has been sexually abusing me. He's a bad guy. So based on that, they're able to arrest him. This seems like some pretty good police work back then right yeah. i wonder i mean i was in in terms of like being a legal nerd i'm wondering what he would have said as far as sexual abuse like i know i was wondering that too especially back then i yeah. mean i know a lot of people didn't report it yeah because they didn't want to but then he was like the first time he was institutionalized it was because of that so somebody must have been reporting it um oh i guess there was uh, there was more to it like if if our listeners want to get into something this is something this was a lot of information i just kind of Got the gist. Right. Because there was some more to it. Like he mentioned, I think the boy mentioned that he had seen, you know, a lot of weird possessions the guy had, like maybe a lot of watches, you know, weird things like that. He also was physically abusive and like held a knife up to his throat, stuff like that. But it was enough to get an arrest warrant. I guess, I don't know if they had them back then, but (laughs) everything back then just seems like they didn't know. What do they do? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Everything just seems like the Wild West. (laughs) So they were able to arrest him. And then from there, they're able to go into his house. And it's just downhill from there. They found bloodstains all over the place. <laughs> they find the possessions from the boys. They can link it to other people. And so at some point, um, Harmon just confesses. And Harmon confesses to killing between 50 and 70. Can you imagine killing so many people? You don't know how many people you've killed? No, I mean, I think, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Stop it. Can you imagine killing people right. a person <laughs> right after two or so i think i'd you know lose track i don't know <laughs> <laughs> so he was tried for 27 and convicted of 24 and on april 15th 1925 he was executed by beheading in germany yes and so these crimes caused um a lot of discussion in germany i mean clearly there was a serial killer among them which was a big deal but uh, apparently it brought up lots of issues with Police investigation, treatment of the mentally ill, the death penalty, um, and also homosexuality, which was still illegal at that time in Germany. Well, for sure, yeah, yeah. And so um, it actually was a negative thing for the homosexual community because they were like, look, there's something to point to for the people who didn't want it to become legal. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought I thought maybe a positive thing is like, oh, look at these poor homosexuals being murdered. <laughs> I know. That's what you think. But this is still 1924. Uh, I see. Yeah, because he, he's like a yeah, gay killer type. Right. He's, he's not killing people because he's gay, though. Right. I know. <laughs> That's what... Killing people because he's an asshole. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and he, he was clearly a psychopath. Yeah. I mean, just from the get-go. Uh, but also his brain was removed and studied. Uh, he also had apparently like, okay, so he had epilepsy, he had uh, meningitis, and his brain was at the uh, Gotengen, I don't know how you say it, 
medical school from 1925 to 2014. I don't know what happened in 2014, but they decided to cremate it. Um, but it was kept for a long time to study. Like for Brian like and Phineas I, Gage, kind of. Yeah, except Phineas Gage just kind of changed personalities. He didn't go and murder. Well, no, I mean, like, did they there. study like his skull or something for a long time? Yes. Or? Which reminds me of the the Mütter Museum in Philadelphia. That's where Brian took me for our five year anniversary. So sweet. It is. I mean, he took me to Philadelphia because I wanted to go because I wanted to go to the Mütter Museum and I wanted to go to the Philadelphia Museum of Art because they have a huge uh, Deschamp. Oh yeah. Anyway, but so uh, that is the vampire. Of Hanover, yeah, is what but, they call it. Oh, okay. And also, he was he was beheaded. <gasps> Ain't who yes. else was beheaded? Vampires. Well, Dracula. Yes. <laughs> By Mina. Oh, and also, uh, movie nerd thing. I read this today. The idea to cut off Dracula's head at the end was not in the original movie. George Lucas. Oh. Who was you know they're friends you know he right. was friends with Francis Ford Coppola. Francis Ford Coppola showed George Lucas the movie, presumably like just over dinner or something <laughs> and George Lucas his only comment was like that's fantastic she should cut off his head because that's like the final sort of act mm. and so they shot that like three weeks before it was released oh wow like they that, they just shot that really quickly I guess one of the writers just <laughs> <laughs> slice it did seem to slice very easily didn't yeah. it yeah so I, it's kind of you know good George <laughs> yeah so who says he's like a big sentimental kids movie guy <laughs> he's got a dark side oh <gasps> Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so what? Uh, what are we? What's coming? So the up? Vampire of Hanover. I'm gonna research it. Well, and and our listeners, if they're interested in true crime, should too, because there was so much more information that I couldn't get into about this guy. Yeah, now that's a good one. That's a good one. The way he tried to describe it was that he didn't have control over himself. Like he didn't want to hurt these people, these these boys, but once he got there. He couldn't control himself, which kind of reminded me of like a Dracula vampire type yeah. thing. Like they don't, maybe he doesn't want to hurt these people, but he has to to stay alive. And which is not an excuse, but yeah. he kind of has those same feelings. And also it was really terrible because um, the youngest of these boys was 10. And it was between like 10 and 25 year old boys, you know, so it's pretty bad. And he's a terrible person, but he's got his head cut off. So it's OK. As far as executions go, it's right. pretty rough. Yeah, even in, I mean, it does seem like more like a medieval thing. Yeah. But. Okay, so um, so what's next? Is that where we're? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. So we don't know what the next movie is. So be a surprise. How exciting! Yeah. <laughs> okay, I have some ideas. It's not going to be Bird Box, because too many people were discussing that. That's true. Uh, and also, you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Um, thank you for listening. Yes. Uh, we had fun. Um, if you want to watch Dracula. The it, only place I could find it was Amazon. I had to buy it, but it was only like four bucks. It was right. worth it. Now I, I somehow paid fifteen dollars. I'm not sure why. Well, and also apparently it came out in four K, so I think we should buy that yeah. DVD and watch it on my four K TV. Okay. Yes. Let's do that. Okay. And then look up Fritz the, Harmon if you don't want to sleep tonight. The Vampire of Hamburg. Hanover. Hanover. <laughs> that would be the Hamburglar. Yes. <laughs> okay. So I did a little giveaway on Twitter. Um, specifically my favorite podcast is Hollywood Handbook. And so I did a giveaway specifically to them, but I think we should, um, do some more giveaways. Just do something fun to get people into the show and give them a little reward. So we're kind of thinking about what would be fun as uh, something we could give away. I do, uh, embroidery 
Maybe we can come up with something fun with that. And so look out for... I hate that all the giveaways just make you do more work, though. Because I don't have any, I don't, I don't, I don't shit to give away. <laughs> if you need, like, three hours of legal advice. Right, right, yeah. Some uh, bushes that you pulled up. Yes, yes. But, I mean, Kristen's clearly the talented one. So, I mean, that's what you're going for. But, yeah, but so we're just, like, we've been having so much fun doing this. And thank you to everybody that's listened. But, again, let us know what movies you want us to do. Our friend Melissa has already given us some ideas that we'll talk about. Sometimes dead is better. Yes. Good night. Bye.